You'll never guess who's conducting the Baker Mayfield train right now, folks. We're going to talk Cowboys-Eagles on this podcast. Coming up, winners thinks Miami could be a live dog against Tom Brady. And we got a little public service announcement for you to stop following the perceived wise guys. That's a bunch of bunk. Let's go! Hello and welcome back to Coming Up Winners. I am your host, Jason McIntyre, joined as always by Andrew Lynch on this rainy Thursday out here in L.A. Andrew, how's your week going? Excellent. I mean, have you seen the slate this week? We've got Patriots-Dolphins, which I'm excited for, always excited for Tom Brady. We've got Ravens-Kansas City. We've got Rams-Bears. I mean, it's a great week for football. It is. I've actually had a great week, Lynch. It was so bad for me Sunday. You know, I got some notes from you guys on the Monday podcast. Thank you for those kind words. I got to just say, I, I took a day off from looking at the lines after Sunday. Do you ever do that where, Lynch, where you kind of struggle and you're like, you know what, get this away from me. And you kind of just recede, maybe sleep a little more. No days off. There's no. always information to be gleaned, but I respect that you took a day off. I even took my wife out on a date last night. We went to see David Spade at a comedy club. And, you know, I got home and I was watching the movie Wall Street after another great LeBron performance. And here's the tie-in to gambling that I love. There's this speech that Michael Douglas makes to a young Charlie Sheen. And he says, you know, the most valuable information or the most valuable commodity you can have is information. We're not throwing darts at a board. And Wall Street applies to football. We're not coming out here throwing darts, are we? I mean, we've got a lot of information we're going to bring you on this podcast about this weekend's games. And without college football for me to get in the way this week, it's all NFL. Lynch, let's get started. Let's go. In short, it is time to put up or shut up. As always, Lynch, we start the podcast with hashtag put up or shut up. You know the drill. I mean, geez, we're at least 10 weeks into this, right? You pick the game. Use the hashtag put up or shut up. It can be top 25 college football, NFL matchup. We are taking college hoops in NBA. I'm sure we'll do more of those come January. And I pick the side. If I lose, I'll send you $10 via Venmo. Last week, I had to double down because I felt good. Didn't work out so well. Let's go to the picks this week at Drew R. Foster. Lynch, he's back for more. Bringing it back. I love it. Hey, when if at first you succeed, try, try again. <laughs> at Drew R. Foster beat me last week. And then he threw this one at me. Rams at the Bears. Marquee game of the weekend. Lynch, I'm going to have you put my shoes on. Where would you lean in this game? Rams at Bears. Bears are three-point home dogs here. Rams. I would lean toward the Rams. I, I All season long, I have been on this lean that offense is greater than defense in the 2018 NFL season. Uh, didn't work with the Saints and the Cowboys last week, uh, but I truly believe that a an elite offense is the most valuable unit you can have in the NFL these days. The Rams are second in DVOA, third in weighted DVOA, which kind of uh, ignores some of the early season results in favor of some of the more recent results. And the Bears are seventh, two top 10 teams here. But the gap between second and seventh is yeah. the same as the gap between the seventh place Bears and the 16th place New York Giants. So I think the, wow. Ram, the Rams, 
I think are a markedly better team in aggregate here. My concern, of course, is Jared Goff going up against that Bears defense, especially in Chicago. Uh, we talked about it a little bit on Monday. Goff didn't have a great game this week. Uh, I think the, the results kind of obscured how, play, how poorly he played on a play-by-play basis. But I lean Rams here. Interesting. Uh, I Someone joked to me that his name isn't Jared Goff. He was Jared Off against the Lions. That's a bad joke. Yeah, it? if that person is a friend of yours, <laughs> cut them out of your life. Haley, I hope you're listening. Uh, I will say this. He had a bad fumble, and he had the interception. No Cooper Cup for this one. And Lynch, the greatest show on surf, has to go outdoors into Chicago. 30-degree temperatures. I got to say, Trubisky is slated to play, and I think that's a big upgrade. Vegas is not saying there's a huge gap there, but if you watch Chase Daniel last week, pick six on the first series, he had another interception. You know he fumbled four times last week? Three on the final drive in overtime. And, And I just think Trubisky adds a dimension with the running. Here's a fun stat for you. 7.1 yards per carry for Trubisky. That's higher than Cam Newton, Lamar Jackson, even Josh Allen. And then you get the trends. And you can fire back at me if you want. Bears 3-0 in prime time this year against the spread. Against the Packers, Seahawks, and Vikings. And they're 5-1 against the spread at home this season with the only loss coming against the Patriots. A special teams debacle. This is the toughest defense the Rams will face. They don't have their number one receiver. I believe in this spot, the Bears will pressure Jared Goff. His passer rating is only 65 under pressure. That's bad. That's worse than Pat Mahomes under pressure. I believe there's an opportunity for the Bears to win this game. I like Chicago getting plus three. Mr. Drew R. Foster. There's my bet. Bears plus three. All right, next up at A-Town Johnson. He tossed hashtag put up or shut up Colts Texans. Now, this is a great game. We love this game, Lynch. Uh, we're on different sides. I, I want to get your thoughts because I'm just going to come clean and say I'm tossing last week's Colts result out the window. I don't really care that it was 6 nothing and they looked abysmal for the first time in eight games. They didn't get to 24 points. Andrew Luck shut out for the first time in his career. I think there's value on the Colts because people... The general public sees that result, and they instantly go to bet the Texans. So I think at four and a half, I'm not sure where the line is. Maybe you have it in front of you, but it's four and a half here. I'm taking the Colts, getting the points on the road. In that case, you're definitely going to want to get this in at the Westgate, where it's still uh, Colts plus five. All right, uh, producer Conrad, it's official. We're going plus five at the Westgate. There we go. Sorry, uh, at A-Town Johnson, four and a half, but we're going five. Great handle, A-Town, but yeah, sorry for uh, pointing that out. I, I lean towards the Texans here. I am in love with this Texans team. They mm. uh, they eviscerated my Browns okay, last time week. Out. Let me time out. Let me time out. Eviscerated. The Browns had 8.2 yards per play against the Texans. Uh, an, is that an evisceration? It is when you take such a substantial first half lead and the Browns are playing catch up the entire time in the second half, just throwing the ball downfield. Um yeah, I just I really love this Texans team. You've been kind of enamored with the Colts all season long. Man and crush. I, and I appreciate that, especially I think Andrew Luck has had something of a bounce back season. It's just gone under the radar because there's so much good quarterback play in 2018. That said, I am not as in love with the Colts as you are. I think they're I think they are a textbook definition of an above average team. In in total DVOA, they're 13th right now. They're right outside the top 10 in offense and defensive DVOA. But in 2018, that means you're closer to middle of the pack than it does to being a solid, good team. 
Outside of the key number of three, that's my real consideration here where I would be a little hesitant with the Texans. But, man, I'm I'm square this week. I really like favorites. I've said it before, and I will say it again. In 2018 in the NFL, elite and good teams are just separating themselves so, so significantly from the middle of the pack. And I feel like Houston falls into that good team category way more than Indianapolis does. Interesting. Underdogs 10-6 and six last week. Uh, a good week for dogs. Maybe the favorites bounce back. I just want to quickly remind people of what happened the last time these two teams met. Okay? No Marlon Mack, and you can laugh all you want. He's a, a, a factor for them in the run game. Andrew Luck had to throw 62 passes, Lynch, in that game. They were down 28-10, to 10, needed a crazy rally to get back in it. I think they'll be able to move the football in this game. And I believe in the, and again, we talk often about the psychology. Andrew Luck was just shut out, okay? Colts were humiliated in Jacksonville by a team going nowhere. Offensive line was beat up by the Jags. I feel all that turns around this week. Remember, the Texans win this. I think they clinch the division. So the Saints going into Dallas were on such a roll. They were due for an egg. I believe the Texans lay a bit of an egg here. I'm going with the Colts plus five in put up or shut up at a town Johnson. Gambler's fallacy. <laughs> what the hell did you just say? On to good bet, bad bet. Here's where we make picks. And uh, you either back us in cash or uh, back us and get angry at us. <laughs> We're going to get started with eh, what's an interesting game. Uh, I'm done betting against the New England Patriots. Okay, that's official. Uh, we I got I got kicked my in the teeth against the damn Vikings. Is last that the week. same way that I'm done betting on the Jaguars? Because <laughs> spoiler alert, I'm not. Uh, no, no, this is a tough spot. They go to Miami. They're seven and a half point favorites. Lynch, we know the ugly history of Bill Belichick. Okay, in Miami, last five years, Patriots are one and four straight up in Miami, but. This is a Miami team that has more than fleas. They got outgained 415 to 175 by the Buffalo Bills and Josh Allen. Um, you want to play up the revenge game factor. Weather could be a humid 80 degrees. Lynch, I'm trying to build a case for Miami, but I, I don't know. Building a case for Miami is a very, very bad bet, my friend, even outside of that key number of a touchdown. I'm taking New England minus seven and a half here. All day long. All day. Those who Is do not, who do not learn from their history are doomed to repeat it. Yes, they the Patriots have played poorly in Miami, but what's much more uh, relevant to me is that 38-7 to shellacking that New England put on Miami in week four, I believe. It was still September 30th, and we've been saying quite a bit this season that the Patriots treat September like kind of an extended preseason. They weren't the team that they are now. Um, with the Patriots rounding into form, they're eighth in total DVOA. And the Dolphins, I mean, if the Colts are the definition of just like an above average team, the Dolphins are the definition of mediocrity <laughs> at best. They are 21st in total DVOA, 22nd in offensive, 22nd in defensive. I just love that kind of consistency where you're just like not good at anything. Yes. Um, again, maybe this game is decided by only a touchdown. Heck, maybe the Dolphins figure out a way to win this game. And if you've got that money line bet, just go move to Vegas because that's where you need to be full time. <laughs> I love the Patriots We're here. Gonna, I, I considered them on the money line. We'll get to money line picks later. You, you're all in on the Patriots. Is it more than a one unit play? No, this would just be a one unit play for me. I do. Listen, I think 
if we're talking about the Patriots in totality, I do still have some questions about Tom Brady. He's clearly, you know, showing signs of his age. I've said a couple of times, I really don't know what to make of this New England defense, uh, but I love Sony Michelle. I love the balance that New England has on offense right now. And I, I just like Bill Belichick against this Dolphins coaching staff. So Patriots on the road, uh, Lynch. Let me see if I can sway you. Lost 34-10 to the Titans. Lost 31-20 to Jacksonville in September. Lost 26-10 to Detroit also in September. Uh, their two covers on the road most recently are against Buffalo, barely, thanks to a late pick six, and the Jets when they drop a touchdown pass in the final minute. This is not the same Patriots team on the road as it is in Foxborough in the friendly confines. That's why you at all, Lynch. It's certainly a factor. Um, but Seven again, and a half the hook. You know, I, I think there are a lot of variables there. I think you know, we talk about some of these psychic considerations. Every team had something to play for in September. The Dolphins, I mean, they're six and six. They're still technically in the playoff they're, they're picture. They're in there, yeah, yeah. But, like, I mean, if I'm a Dolphins player, how much confidence do I have in my team, frankly? I, uh, yeah, I don't. It's not going to sway me to stay away from New England. However, if the Patriots don't cover here, I certainly know why. I think it's because this they just have been abysmal on the road against the spread. It, it'll be interesting. So Dolphins 6-6 six and six, tied with the Colts and the Broncos and the Titans. They're all the seventh spot in the playoff standings. The Ravens are 7-5, and five, have to play the Chiefs. So a Ravens loss combined by a Miami win and presto, <laughs> Brian Tannehill luck boxes his way into the playoffs. I'm going to say this is a walk away for me, but I will consider the Dolphins in the Super Contest getting 7.5. By the way, it's trending towards 7. Looks like the Dolphins are taking some money. Next up, good bet, bad bet. I kind of love this game. Irrational love. Uh, you know, maybe it's because producer Conrad's an Ohio guy. You know, he loves his Buckeyes, his Mac football, his Browns. I kind of love the Browns here, Lynch. I, I Talk me out of it, okay? The line is trending uh, like all the money's coming in on Carolina. It was pick them, then it was one. I'm seeing two right now. Uh, let me hear your thoughts before I build my case for Baker Mayfield. First the- of all, I can't believe that... It's, it's, we got like a Freaky Friday situation going on here where usually I'm driving the Baker Mayfield train. Yes, You're trying to talk yes. me out of it because I'm leaning Panthers. But I agree with you. This is such a fantastic game. There's so many great matchups. You've got the Browns who struggle to defend the run. They're 26th in run defensive DVOA, but they're fourth against the pass defensively. you got the Panthers who've got the third best run offense in the NFL. Can they take advantage of Cleveland's weakness in the front seven against the run, keep the ball out of Cam's hands have a game where he doesn't throw four interceptions because that's what cleveland does well right they're second in the nfl in defensive turnover rate so this this really comes down to can this browns offense take advantage of carolina's defense can they force turnovers and can baker really keep them in the game and keep matriculating the ball downfield i would if this were two and a half if this were three i think i would really be leaning cleveland but at one and a half and two, particularly I'm looking at it at one and a half at the bet that I'm making, I think I lean toward the Panthers here. But God, this is going to be a really fun game. I, I agree with you. Yeah. I think, you know, who would have thought that the Browns would be perhaps the most fun team for your game watching experience week in and week out? If the Browns are like whoever they're playing, well, most of the time they make it competitive, and it's just uh, I. 
thank God for Baker Mayfield. I'm yeah. just going to say it. No, that's a bit much, but uh, you know, I, I like the logic there. Listen, McCaffrey's going to have a day. I hope you're not facing him in the fantasy playoffs this week. Here's my case for the Browns. We were ahead of the market on this, right? We we said, wait a sec, Baker's torching bad defenses, Bengals, Falcons, Chiefs. We saw that, and we kind of called last week. You know, we said the Texans are going to get him. Hope you'll hopefully you guys cash that ticket. But I do want to say, when you look at that game, yes, they were down 23-0. Uh, I believe it was four turnovers. Baker had the pick six. But they came back. They fought back against a good defense. Callaway, I think, fumbled at the goal line or as he was going in. And now they face a team that's another rotten defense. Okay? According to uh, one site I read, last four weeks... The Panthers' defense is ranked 32nd in the NFL, dead last. So we saw Baker carve up the Falcons and the Bengals, and he had a good game against the Chiefs. Why can't he carve up the Panthers? According to DVOA for the season, they're 27th. I mean, the Carolina defense is absolutely awful right now. I think Chubb is going to go back to his big game. He had uh, 176 a few weeks ago uh, when he had that 90-yard TD run. Held to 31 last week against a good defense. He's going to bounce back this week. But I think the key here is Cam Newton. This is a big spot. Lynch, first eight games of the season, Cam, four picks. Last four games, seven interceptions. Now, we could say they're going to hand off to McCaffrey 30 times. Is he a between-the-tackles guy 30 times? Maybe. If they have to put the ball in Cam's hands, I don't trust him on the road. I, I just don't think you can trust this team on the road. Carolina's lost four in a row. The schedule is daunting. Any chance, Andrew Lynch, they're looking ahead to <clears throat> the New Orleans Saints, who they have to face twice at the remainder of the season if they want to get in the playoffs. I, I just, you know, you never want to overlook Baker because this game's going to be hyped. But next week, they host the Saints, prime time, Monday night football. I can see them overlooking the Browns. Maybe a little bit. I think in the sense that, you know, the coaching staff is probably preparing for the Saints already because you have to with a team that good. But given what happened to Carolina last week and given how poorly they have played over the past few weeks, I, I certainly hope not. I don't. You can't be taking anything for granted if you're the Panthers right now. Uh, sounds like you're leaning towards Cleveland. I'm and, heavy on the Browns. And that's the thing. It, you know, good bet, bad bet. I'm on the opposite side, but I can't even call that a bad bet for you. I really think no. it's I think it's a good bet. I think it's a solid bet. And I this is one that I might – I. I haven't put my money in oh, yet. Oh, yeah. I they might, flip him, folks. might have to jump back onto the train that I'm conducting. I don't really know how that works, um, but <laughs> it's physics. It's science. We'll figure so it out. So just to recap that, the Panthers went to Detroit and struggled against a bad defense. The Panthers went to Tampa and struggled against a bad defense. I like the Browns here. They're going to be one of my super contest picks. All right, next up, here we go. Second best game of the week, Chiefs didn't cover against the Raiders. Now they host the Baltimore Ravens. And the Ravens have been taking money all week. This is down to six and a half. I mean, every analytic I'm looking at here, it says Baltimore Ravens. And I don't think it matters if it's Flacco or Lamar Jackson. By the way, sounds like it's going to be Lamar Jackson under center. Not Rob Griffin. By the way, he's no longer RG3. Are you aware of that? He shed that label. That was his DC thing. RG3. Now he's Rob Griffin. Big fan of rebranding. <laughs> um, let me just toss out a couple numbers here. This is what I am leaning on the Baltimore Ravens. If The last three weeks since Lamar Jackson has been installed at quarterback, it's been pretty pretty simple. Kiss, kiss it, right? Keep it simple, stupid. 
give the ball to the Gus Bus or Lamar Jackson. They've dominated time of possession in their last three games. 39 minutes against the Falcons last week. Atlanta, they ran 13 plays in the second half, Lynch. That's it. If they're able to keep the ball away from the Kansas City Chiefs and Pat Mahomes, why can't they win this outright? I mean, we've seen the formula from the Denver Broncos, right? The Broncos covered twice against the Kansas City Chiefs by doing what? Running Phillip Lindsay. Kansas City defense 26th in DVOA. Ravens don't have a great offense, but if they can run, keep Mahomes off the field, I like the Ravens to cover six and a half here. And um, don't sleep on the Ravens defense. If you got them in fantasy this week, you're in good shape. Last two weeks, they have touchdowns by their defense. I don't know that you're getting that from Kansas City. I'm going to go. With the Ravens here getting six and a half. Solid bet. I disagree. And, and in that sense, it's you know a quote-unquote bad bet. I'm taking the Chiefs. Because <laughs> if, if I disagree with you, then it's a bad bet. This is how it works. Um, I'm taking the Chiefs. I'm taking, again, offense versus defense. But, man, I love your logic. I think you are spot on. And I think this is going to be a sweat till the very end. The only reason I'm taking the Chiefs here is because I am getting it inside of a touchdown. When this earlier in the week, I believe this opened at eight. Yes. That I would have been a full Ravens play from me there. Um, I'm actually, it's funny. I'm not a Joe Flacco fan by any stretch of the imagination. I like gambling against Joe Flacco. <laughs> earlier this season, I made a wager just based on the fact that I thought Joe Flacco was likely to throw an interception in that game. And he did. It was fantastic. But I don't think Lamar Jackson is enough of a threat for the Ravens to keep up with this Chiefs team. Huh. I do believe that the Chiefs' explosiveness is going to carry the day here. There are going to be a lot more three and outs from Kansas City than we're used to seeing. Because that, to your point, that Ravens defense is outstanding. But I do think Mahomes gets loose for a big play or two. Um, obviously, he's he's lost a couple of his offensive you know weapons of late. Mm -hmm. But I... Sammy I, Watkins is not a lock to play in this one. I like the Chiefs here, but this is going to be a half-unit play for me. Yeah. This is one I'm not very confident about. It's just one where, again, I think offense I think offense rules the day right now. I'm going to put my money where my mouth is there and get a little sweat in on what's going to be an outstanding football game. Lynch, how do you um, assess the Raiders rushing for a buck seventy on the Chiefs? And now the Ravens' offense comes in much better on the ground. Uh, and, and two matchups to watch for the Ravens defense. Marlon Humphrey shut down Julio Jones last week. Just shut him down. And now he's going to probably be matched up with Tyreek Hill. The other one is Mark Andrews. Keep an eye on him in fantasy. The Baltimore tight end. KC, uh, the numbers I'm seeing, they've allowed the third most fantasy points to tight ends. I think you said they're like 27th in the league defending tight ends. I think Mark Andrews, a nice safety valve for Lamar Jackson. And on the other side... And again, I don't want to get too into the nitty-gritty, but C.J. Mosley is an outstanding linebacker. He likely will be matched up with Travis Kelsey. I think the Ravens could do some things and really shock the world here. Remember, they're closing in on the Steelers in the division. This is a huge spot for John Harbaugh, whose job's in trouble. Give me the Ravens, getting six and a half. All right, on to our final game. Good bet, bad bet. Oh, boy. Oh, this one's a tough one. The Dallas Cowboys. Hottest team in the NFL? Are they, what are they, three fire emojis right now? I think the or Houston four? Texans are the hottest team in the NFL. Okay. But, uh, yeah, that whole but, state hey, come is, on. Yeah, that hey, whole Cowboys, state's playing good football. Cowboys took down the Saints. You got to give them some props, Lynch. Oh, 100%. 100%. Now, 
They host the Eagles. And and yeah, I, I don't know what to make of the Eagles win over Mark Sanchez. Or just what to make about the Eagles, period. Yeah. Now, if you take away the Adrian Peterson 90-yard touchdown run on Monday, uh, the I think the Redskins had like 145 yards of all. Something obscenely bad. And when I look at this... Um, I want to take the Cowboys, but I'm thinking I might have to just go counterintuitive and take the Eagles. The public is going to be all over Dallas. Now, look at this, Lynch. Cowboys played last Thursday. They get an extra three days because the Eagles played Monday. Now, now you know, the big, the big news is Tyron Smith, the great left tackle for Dallas, expected to be back. They'll need him against the Eagles front, front line, but... The thing that jumps out at me, and we were trying to do some elementary math here. So the Cowboys, what, a month ago, maybe a month ago, were in Philly, and they were seven-point dogs, one outright. Now they're three-and-a-half-point favorites at home in a month? A touchdown move? Is that big? Is that over uh, movement by Vegas? I think it might be a little bit of an overreaction there, more for because of that Saints game uh, than anything here. But I think it just reflects how different these teams are than the last time they met. Philadelphia is so banged up. Um, any faith that we have in Carson Wentz as a quarterback is shaky at best right now. And that Dallas defense has really, I, I use this phrase all the time, but it's really rounded into form, even without Sean Lee. Uh, Leighton Van Der Esch is playing just outstanding football. Kind of got lit up the last time they played Philly, so it would be interesting to see yeah. that. You, let me cite the Zach Ertz numbers, folks. Zach Ertz last time against Dallas, 16 targets, 14 catches, 145 yards, and two scores. I mean, Zach Ertz destroyed them. That's going to happen again if Sean Lee's not there. Here's my caveat there, and it goes back to that Saints game, right? We watched that Dallas front seven just devour the Saints, especially anytime Drew Brees dropped back to pass, right? They just couldn't give Drew Brees time to try to get the ball downfield. Well, the Saints had the third best offensive line in pass protection, according to Football Outsiders, coming into that game, and Dallas ate them up. Hmm. The Eagles are 20th in offensive line pass protection, and they're banged up. Peters didn't, I believe, didn't practice this week or hasn't practiced this week. Didn't practice Wednesday, correct? It's going to be a tough, tough task to keep Carson Wentz upright. Uh, This really comes down to... I'm siding with Dallas here, particularly. It looks like it's coming down to three in a lot of places. You're getting even on three and a half so the most sharp everywhere. So money on the Eagles. On the Eagles with that key number outside of three, which makes a lot of sense, particularly in this game where either team could just end up vomiting all over themselves. You don't really <laughs> like they're both capable of very good play, and they're both very capable of having Jason Garrett level, you know, brain farts. So that's kind of my thing here is just don't mess this up, Jason yeah. Garrett. You have the advantage with the run game. You're healthy. Your defense can control the game. I would say the, the Eagles are going to know that you're going to come out and just give the ball to Zeke. Take a few play-action shots early in the game, perhaps Ooh. on the very first possession, because if you get an early touchdown lead or two-score lead on this Eagles team, I don't know that they've got the capability okay. to come back. Uh, two, two follow-up points to what you said. The Eagles banged up. Jordan Hicks, no practice Wednesday. Timmy Jernigan on the line. Avante Maddox, Jalen Mills. That's four starters, folks. Now, it's only Wednesday. Things can change Thursday, Friday. They could just be resting up off the Monday night football game. It is game. Thursday, but that's fine. Uh, yeah, but we haven't seen the practice report yet. Oh, fair, uh, you know, fair. Thursday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it hasn't come out yet. Um, so, it's one of those situations where... Listen, this is a banged-up Eagles team, but this is the spot. They've got to come through, and producer Conrad came through. Here's the Jason Garrett stat that's going to freak people out. 16-30 and 30 as home favorites against the spread under Garrett. 
I think that qualifies as awful. Yeah, I don't uh, think that's profitable. 16 I'm, uh, and 30. Not a math major. Don't think that's 58%. Yeah. So I, I'm going to lean. Ugh, I like, I want, I'm rooting for the Cowboys, but I would lean Eagles here at three and a half. Lynch, what, what's your official? I'm siding with Jason Garrett and the Dallas Cowboys. What a world. All right, here we go. So recapping good bet, bad bet. Lynch loves the Patriots. I lean Miami. Lynch loves, loves Carolina. No, he didn't love Carolina. He likes Carolina. I love Cleveland. I'm all in on the Baker train. Maybe I'll wear the conductor hat this week. Um, Baltimore Chiefs were again split. Andrew is all over KC because of the elite offensive stats. Give me the Ravens. And finally, Cowboys-Eagles. That's one that, uh, you know, maybe we'll have to check in over the weekend on social media because he is backing Jason Garrett, and I cannot back Jason Garrett. Whoa, 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 whoa. There's still plenty of meat on that boat. You take this home, throw it in a pot, add some broth, a potato. Baby, you got a stew going. All right, on to Moneyline picks. These are where we kind of throw Hail Marys, hoping an underdog can cash for us. It's kind of a bleak outlook uh, this week. Remember, underdogs ten and six against the spread last week. This week, I it was t- it was a tough find for me. Lynch, I'll let you go first because, of course, you've had so many great money line calls this season. Who you got? Well, I said a couple weeks ago that I was never going to gamble on the Jacksonville Jaguars <laughs> ever again, so long as Blake Bortles was the starting quarterback. Ooh. And literally 15 minutes later, the Jaguars made a change to their starting quarterback. So here I find myself, week 14 in the NFL, staring down the Jacksonville Jaguars, Thursday night football on Fox, getting about plus 200, plus 195 in some spots, against the Tennessee Titans, on the road no less, and I'm like, yeah, give me that. That's that's what I want. I want the Jacksonville Jaguars. So, wow. yeah, I know. You're that's the right reaction. You're back Cody Kessler on Here, the road? And here's my logic. Holy cow. The Jaguars were already 28th in offensive DVOA. It's not like they're going to get much worse with Cody Kessler as starting quarterback. They might even be better if he can just not turn the ball over like Blake Bortles. Quick aside, did you know that Cam Newton, who we talked about a little bit earlier, actually has a higher interception rate than Blake Bortles. Oh, God. I think I might have just talked myself into the Browns. Wow. Anyway, Leonard Fournette is back. This Jaguars defense, while they've struggled at times, is still an elite top five unit according to DVOA. And I don't, I say this a lot, I don't know what the Titans do well. I'm going to hold my nose and take the Jags getting two to one on this fine Thursday night game. If for no other reason, then it means that I will be invested for basically the entire night. Yeah, three hours. Uh, All right. So we'll talk Thursday night more in a moment. My money line pick, not anything real uh, sexy here. I'm going with the Eagles getting plus 155. I just think the value is there. I think they're undervalued. I don't see how they could go from being seven-point home favorites to three-and-a-half-point road dog. That's such a swing. Obviously, the uh, Cowboys spot beating the Saints last week. And and I think I tweeted after that game that I think there's going to be value on the Eagles because the Cowboys, a letdown is happening. We mentioned the Jason Garrett stuff. So I will take the Eagles for the purposes of this podcast. I'm not going to go heavy on it. I don't think I could put $100 on the Eagles to win on the road. By the way, Carson Wentz has been a turnover machine. We can, Eagles fans, just accept it, okay? He's fumbling. He's throwing bad picks. I'm out on Carson Wentz right now. He's not having a good season. I'll take the Eagles plus 155. Now, 
Really quickly, I'm curious, uh, because you were so strongly on the Ravens, and I just happened to look, plus 256 Baltimore, is that, do you think there's any value there? Is that something you would look at? That's not bad. My fear, as we were discussing the game earlier, in my head, I'm listening and internalizing, I'm like, damn. If the Chiefs go up 14 nothing, I mean, that's going to be a bloodbath. And that's exactly what I'm counting yeah. on, taking them as the favorites. It's I just I believe that this team is going to be explosive. But yeah. just didn't want to derail no, the No, no, that's, that's, that's good. And while we're on this topic, listen, um, I, I mentioned putting money on a team money line. And I want to toss this to Lynch and producer Conrad. So Sunday morning, I'm sure you guys were on social media, you saw that some guy at the MGM put $330,000... That's a lot of money on the Atlanta Falcons last week against the Ravens. And my first thought was, well, wait a sec. The line had already been moving toward the Falcons. This dope got them at the bad number. When you see that, I think the general perception out there is, oh, the Falcons have to be the play. Here's $330,000. That guy must be smart. No, no. I see the opposite. I said, well, geez, give me Baltimore, right? Uh, if you're putting that much money on the Falcons that late, getting a bad number, I don't think you're a good gambler. Do you want to gamble with or against Floyd Mayweather? I want to gamble against Floyd Mayweather. I do Mayweather. as well. So that, that's how I look at that. So are you swayed when you see moves? Because, again, Ravens' move has been significant. Uh, and there's this whole perception that the wise guys like this side, they're on this side. They don't win that much. Are, are they winning at 75% a clip? No. They're maybe hitting 60, 58. Lynch, if you look at our numbers, we're right in the 57, 58 range now. Of course, going over four or five seasons is significant versus this one. But, you know, producer Conrad, are you swayed when you see heavy, heavy money come in on one side late? No, not at all, really. I mean, this is a situation where it was two or three, I think it was two years ago when the Patriots played the Falcons in the Super Bowl. And I'm sitting in the sports book line, about to put my ticket in. The guy in front of me is like, $20,000 on the Falcons. I'm like, oh, gosh. I thought about it. I was like, do I sit here? I mean, like, he's put 20000 He He has to do something I don't. So I looked at it. I sat back, didn't make my bet, came back, and I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to stick with the Patriots. You can't You can't go wow, off other people's you money. you luck boxing it yeah, out. Yeah, but $20,000 to that guy could be 50 bucks to me. You don't know what people are playing with. And here, so I will take that a step further. If you are betting $330,000 on a single game, you better be a billionaire for that to be smart bankroll management no I, and i mean that like one of the second most important skill perhaps the most important skill you can have a, as a gambler even more important than picking games is bankroll management is allowing yourself the the leeway where if you have several bad weeks in a row but your process is good you need to be able to take those losses move on and still have money to gamble if you don't necessarily feel confident about a game you need to be placing a smaller unit bet. If you feel super confident about a game, place bigger bets. I get, bankroll management is not something we've talked about a lot on yeah. this podcast. We've touched on it here and there. But to me, that says I am not a sharp gambler because I don't care about bankroll management. I am in it for the sweat. Um, I, I, there are going to be instances where sharp bettors make big, big bets like that, but not very often. So that, to me, says... I am someone who isn't approaching gambling the right way. I, and I'll put a bow on it with this. Um, a couple times this season, I've fallen victim to that in the Super Contest. I've liked a team, and then I see the market moving one way, Lynch, and I'm like, well, shucks. Market's moving. i got to bail on that side. And I've lost. It's cost me, and I'm done with that. I'm done following the money. I've made three big, significant individual game wagers this season. 
Unfortunately, one of them was last season, uh, last week on the Packers, and that was a bad beat, and it hurt. But I also hit the Cowboys. That was one of my bigger plays of the season. And I earlier in the year, I I hit I hit one. So I'm basically two and one in these big money plays. Now I'm not putting three hundred and thirty thousand on a game, but I can tell you this. Stop following the perceived wise guys and the sharps and do your own homework. I know I don't usually throw in a money line pick, but I do really, really like Miami plus 290 Mm. this weekend. And the only reason I'm saying that is four out of the last five times that Tom Brady's went down to Miami, he's lost those games. None of them were within a field goal either. So Miami could have a legitimate home field advantage against Tom Brady. For however weird it is, these things do happen. Plus 290? That's decent value. Producer Conrad, plus 290. There you have it. The money line picks are in. You mean not good like one out of a hundred? I'd say more like one out of a million. So you're telling me there's a chance. And finally, we wrap up the podcast, as always, breaking down the Thursday night football game. Unfortunately, it's not as exciting as last week's Saints-Cowboys games. The Jaguars visit the Titans. Current line, Lynch, I'm seeing five on the Titans. My guess is there's going to be money coming in on the Jags later on after this podcast is released and everybody hears Andrew Lynch's case for the Jags. Again, this is not a sexy game. The total is cratering, 37 and a half. I mean, Cody Kessler, do you know how conservative that game plan was last week? I mean, they had 211 yards. They had 11 first downs in that game. And outscored their opponent by infinity times. Yes, yes. Six to zero is an infinity times beatdown. You can't, I, you can't question that. I, That's math. I, you know, and you guys make a good case. There is good value on the Jags. Let me just toss in my Titans take why I'm on the Titans tonight. Uh, not heavily invested. Uh, three quarters of a unit play just for action play. Light NBA slate. Love it. It's raining, you know, whatever. I like the Titans. I think this is a good spot for them. I think they actually spanked the Jags. They've owned them in this series, winning the last three and five of six. I think the Jags are a bad football team right now. And I do believe the Titans overlooked my Jets last week, right? It was a sandwich spot. Two huge division games against Houston sandwiched with the crappy Jets. And then, of course, next week they've got, or this week they have the big game against the Jags. Titans are right there in the playoff mix. I think there was a letdown against the Jets, and that's why they look bad, and everybody thinks they stink. They're not a bad team. Marcus Mariota's having a good season. I don't think they do anything well, but I'm taking the Titans, and I do believe it'll be low scoring. I can see like a 19-6 type game, maybe 19-9. Give me the Titans and the under. I would actually... I'll parlay the Titans in the under. Love it. Love it. Those Thursday and Monday night parlays, they're really, it's good stuff. Maybe not the most valuable bet you'll ever make, but it's it's a lot of fun. Yeah, the Jags are a bad team. I agree with that. I just think the Titans are worse. (laughs) And the numbers say so. And the numbers say so. You know, I... This is an interesting situation where you don't want to be completely married to the numbers because of the quarterback change in Jacksonville and because there's been so much variance with that team. But you could, you know, go steady for a couple of years with the numbers. I, I really like the fact that, the, I mean, the Jaguars are 17th in total DVOA. The Titans are 25th. And even when you, when you wait for recent performance, the Jags are 18th by weighted DVOA and the Titans are 24th. So... As producer Conrad just said, as we were prepping for this segment, I thought it was great. The Jags defense can shine. And when they shine, they shine bright. 
that is what I'm hanging my hat on here. I think I might even get a Jacksonville defensive touchdown out of this one. Um, and, I, and so I think, again, Jacksonville, yes, on the road, but getting two to one value on the money line as arguably, statistically, quantitatively the better team. I'll take what I perceive as value there. In the first meeting, <laughs> the Titans won 9-6. to six. I don't know what Titans team shows up. The team that beat Philly in overtime at home? The team that stomped out Dallas? Or destroyed New England? Or, or the one that laid an egg in Indy uh, and gets embarrassed by the Ravens? Who knows? I'm going Titans. Lynch has the Jags. And that'll do it for another episode of Coming Up Winners. For Andrew Lynch, I'm Jason McIntyre. So long until Monday. 